0: Hello and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. On this week's podcast, we will have reaction to the FA Youth Cup and the Lionesses reaching the Women's World Cup final for the first time. But first, we'll get the view from the men's first team, who were knocked out of the FA Cup last weekend after a 2-1 defeat to Northern Premier League Division 1 Westside, Witten Albion. Joining us now is Darren Chadwick, who captained the side and has been a regular at the centre of defence since joining the Bears two years ago. And he's also contributed with goals at the other end of the pitch too. Darren, thanks for joining us on the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. Not a problem. Thanks for giving up a bit of your time. So we'll start obviously with last weekend's game against Witten. Now you've had a few days to reflect on it. What are kind of your thoughts and reflections?
1: The more it goes on, I feel quite or done to um, with the performance that we, we put in, with the side that we had available as well for the day. I think we, we limited them to very few chances, few and far between. Um, and I think for the first, well, this first 45, we really controlled the game, uh, landed on some loads of second balls, and played how the gaffer had asked us to play. Got a good team out in front of us as well that we, we were playing against. We knew quite a lot about bit about them, especially with uh, Popey moving to them. And I, I've played... Uh, their gaffer's uh, size quite a few times when I've, I've been at league before, um, when he's managed Radcliffe and other clubs. So I know what these all about. And the more I look at it now, the more I think, oh, disheartened with the, the result that come in. and um, I think we deserved at least a replay from how we played.
0: And there's another occasion where you were considered underdogs, considering where Witten are in the league above. What is it that you think about these games where you always seem to be there or thereabouts against the teams when perhaps the odds are perhaps stacked against you?
1: I just think it's a structure uh, from what the gaffer puts in place from the top and how it filters down with the experience that we've got in the dressing room, the, the close knit togetherness that we've got. Most probably one of the closest dressing rooms that I've played in um, with all the lads, played with each other for a while now. And we have great team spirit. Everyone will, will go through uh, the pain barrier to help each other out. And I think we know how to play at home. I think that helps us. We do. We know how to play our pitch, know how to play at home. Just got to wise up a little bit on when it's not going our way, what do we need to do um, as, as a side? But I think we, we always come out on top. I just think we know what we need to do, the clear instructions and the gaffer. Every game never really changes. We We, we play how we play. We do as he says and if it doesn't go right, I think he's the one to roll his hands up and say I've got it wrong. Um, and if he, we all do as, he, as he's asked, uh, that puts us in good stead against whoever we play against, really.
0: That must give you and the rest of the team confidence going into the rest of the season. I guess it's just a case of now of building on that and building on these early season games.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just we've got to take away from just being a cup side to put it all in perspective into the league as well now, and really raise into those big games that are in the league for us. And um, like I say, we always seem to come out on top or or par with other sides who are leagues above us. But we've got to definitely transfer that form for away from the cup into the league, definitely, like you say.
0: Nearly 500 people there on Saturday. Obviously, that's great from a club perspective. But from a player perspective, does it make a difference? Does it kind of give you that kind of extra edge?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's fantastic playing in front of a decent crowd. Makes you game better. You feel uh, the atmosphere a little bit more, especially when you're on top and you're having set pieces and corners. Especially being a defender when you're going up in the crowd again behind you. It still uh, it still gives you that boost and it definitely gives you a push in the right direction. Definitely.
0: During that time, your time at the club, have you seen the level of interest kind of grown within the club? And actually, what do you put that down to?
1: Definitely, um, I think. The good run of form. Definitely helped us in the runs that we had uh, last season. Definitely got the crowds and I think we sold out three games last year which fit for Congleton they haven't done for however many years it was unheard of um, which is fantastic and it's put something on the map for the club and the town. Even the town you keep seeing stuff. I've seen fans with Congleton town trainers on with Initials of the players on which is just unbelievable. Um, and the players have been fine for that, uh, because that is definitely fine for the players uh, to have that, but um, yeah, it's just grown in, in the whole depth of the club, the advertisement, um, how well we've done. Obviously, we got on tally last year, which really promoted the club, which is fantastic. And then obviously, a couple of penalty kicks away from going to Wembley, which would have definitely put us on another map to enhance the club. But like you say, I think uh, I spoke to the gaffer and he was saying to me before. When he first started when previous manager in charge, he were getting 90s, 100s through the gate, which is quite a small turnaround. But now, like say, 400, 500. It's getting good. And I don't think there's been many times where there's been less than 300 uh, for a long time now, which is fantastic for the club.
0: So you joined Congleton towards the end of 2021. At the time you joined from leet Town, where you made close to 300 appearances, I think it was, for, for the club. And you were also captain. What was it that attracted you to Congleton?
1: I've been at Leek for nearly 10 years, um, so it's been a while. Obviously, I knew um, outside of football, I knew uh, Tom Pope and, and Duff's, um, so obviously I had a chat with those guys and uh, things weren't panning out of Leek, um, so I had a chat with those guys and it was a no-brainer as soon as I spoke to them, to be honest.
0: What is it that you've enjoyed the the, the most during your time here so far?
1: The togetherness of the club, I said, it's a really family well uh, orientated club. Brought me my me little boy and my uh, my wife along to some games, and the way they looked after uh, after those um, behind the scenes and stuff has been fantastic. Um, and then also just the facilities that they've got, the training facilities, um, fantastic again. Um, and then obviously the whole setup from top to bottom, the chairman, um, all the way through the. the togetherness of everybody together. So there's like a family-orientated and family-run club behind the scenes where everyone's a real close-knit uh, and everyone helps out.
0: And in terms of your career, you've been part of some really successful teams within the local area. do you want to give us a kind of an overview of your career so far? Because you've actually not been part of that many clubs, but the clubs that you have been part of, you've seen um, success at most of them.
1: Yeah, um, started out at Norton, uh, where we were in the league that we're in Last season, Northwest Counties, the one below, we won that one and then got promoted and then got promoted again into the after the Northwest Counties to the Evo Stick, which is a similar league to what Leak Town are in now. Then I moved um, to Leak Town and did just under, I think it might have been nine years, um, nine years there. I think I've played in three playoff finals, playoff semi-final um, and then finished top twice. Uh, and COVID struck um, when we were top, and the league's got null and voided. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a promising football career, if you want to say career at non-league, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so yeah, it has been been involved in a few. Played a FA Cup first round on TV. Uh, back back at Norton, fourth qualifying round, quite a few times. Fleet Town, um, nearly there again with uh, with Congleton uh, in the vase of the trophy. Uh, getting to Wembley, so yeah, had some uh, some big games in me uh, me small career.
0: <laughs> and during that time, you've been captain at a few of the clubs as well, including being a regular captain for the Bears this season. What do you see the role as captain as being, and and do you enjoy that kind of extra responsibility of being captain?
1: Yeah, I was made captain for about the last six years at least, Um, when some of the older lads retired. So I just think they just passed it on to someone who'd been there the longest, to be honest with you. Um, and now, obviously, at Congleton, we had Popey last year um, and we've got John Beaumont as well, some of the older lads. I just think he's bringing some experience through and having some control of uh, the side in the game, especially if you're playing a challenging game, you're under the cosh for a while and just organizing people in front of you. I think from the back, it always helps. We um, see most of the things on the pitch. And especially with Congleton we've got quite a few young lads. If you look at our side, we've got maybe five or six under 21, um, some 17, 18 year olds. If you can just pass some experience onto those guys and I always say PlayStation Pad. I've always said play with me PlayStation Pad for the younger lads alongside. You just get them in, in the right positions on the pitch just to help you out. like you, You've played a lot of games, most probably five, 600 games at non-league um, and you've kind of seen pretty much everything to be honest with you. And it's just decision-making and those young lads will... We'll progress forwards and start making the decisions, and eventually don't even have to talk to them because they know where to be at the right times and when not to press or when to drop off or it's not the ball to be won or go and press on your own because teams are going to play around you. It's just having a little bit of a nouse. Maybe people you get that as you get older, but your legs go a little bit, so you want some young lads around you who can run in behind if uh, if you need them.
0: When You say PlayStation pad, what do you mean by that phrase?
1: <laughs> I always say many years ago, Lee, he's played with a couple of lads there, and he said, I've done really well today. And everyone used to say, Yeah, Chad is at his PlayStation pad. Out. So you play on PlayStation, you can just control what the player does. So we had some lads come through, who were really young, and he's just telling Eddie, and Kiki. And to, as he was coming, I used to say, Eddie, and he, he used to head it. And everyone used to say, Like, I, I used to play with the PlayStation pad. I
0: thought you were a gamer yourself. Do you play games?
1: No, I've never owned a. Consultants about 10. Uh, the lads used to talk in the change rooms and just shake me out. I have all the kids at school telling me about PlayStations. I tell them get outside and go play football or go and do something decent, and not play on them console. (laughs) That's
0: me because you're a PE teacher Um, do your students are are they interested in your career do they ask how you got on and do they kind of know on Monday morning first thing if you've lost at the weekend do we know oh no Mr Chadwick is going to put us through not a very very nice lesson this morning?
1: Yeah I've had quite a few of my time now Um, a lot of them follow on Twitter Um, when we were on tally the other year a lot of them watched on tally um so That was the one, um, they'll see highlights and oh, you scored at the weekend, so yeah, and they'll put a video up or yeah, I have. And then I've still got one lad who was in the tutor group last year who I, th- I missed a penalty last year, I won out of X amount, and he still reminds me to this day that I missed a penalty. So, yeah, I do have a bit of banter with him, um, which is good. I like it, it's enjoyable.
2: <laughs>
0: and Congleton fans obviously know you best as being a defender, but towards the end of the Whitting game, we saw you kind of. Go up front and actually, you used to be a striker, didn't you? Or well, certainly had time as a striker.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, still playing centre half again at Norton, and we played FA Cup. It was a year we got to the first round of the FA Cup. We played Bowl at St Michael at home, we were 2 0 down at half time, and they put me up front. and I scored that trick, and we won 3 2. Uh, and that was with Scott Dundas, who was the gaffer, who's the current Kisgrove manager. And he always used to chuck me up top for the last 15 if we were losing. And especially at this level of football, um, a lot of these teams tend to have quite a small center of. So, just go and try and uh, be that focal point uh, to try and play off for some of the quicker lads like AJ and Danny Needham. And George, to try and get in behind um, just to get a foothold of the game um, and try and play forwards. A little bit more direct than the little bit of football that we're playing this year.
0: It used to be the strike partner as well as Tom Pope, wasn't it? Is it Sneed?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, I played. Tom Pope was a gaffer at Sneed as well. I played up front with Tom a couple of times. So, yeah, we did. Used to just get crosses in the box and go and uh, attack some headers. Yeah, we've uh, we've had a little bit of a partnership and some friendlies and bits and bobs when he wasn't playing. Yeah, definitely have.
0: Who was it that scored more, more goals?
1: Tom was a bit more advanced than I was at that time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, he obviously got picked up by a crew in that at the time when he was a gaffer. And then he went to Rotherham and stuff, so he didn't he didn't play then. So I was just playing up front for him then for a couple of years before I ended up getting to the league then and going on contract. So you couldn't play on it on a Sunday if you'd signed a contract with the club. Um, so Sunday football uh, I'd get knocked on the head then. But I was getting too old and going in the pub on a Saturday night, so I couldn't get up anyway.
0: And actually, I can't remember what game it was, I can't remember if you were partnering, but Tom Pope played a Colmorton game at centre-back um, during yeah. his time that day. And were you surprised the fact that Tom Pope, who, who you played at front, decided to join you or, or certainly play at centre-back?
1: Yeah, we were really short that game. Um, and he, he played one game uh, and that was the last ever game he played at centre-half as well. He should have been sent off after about five minutes. Uh, he brought someone down last man, but I think he uh, bribed the referee. But no, uh, we did. we still still after that. Uh, laugh about that now. Um, cordial partner. We have a lot of chocolate about it, But yeah, don't want to see him ever back there ever again because he's slower than me.
0: And we talk, spoke about you being a striker or had time up front. But actually, did you start your career out as a midfielder?
1: Yeah, many years ago. Under-18s football, I was a defensive midfielder um when we were county school boys. So under-16s, 18s. And then England Schoolboys played four or five games for England Schoolboys defensive in the field. Yeah, I think it was just because I could have had the ball back then as well as I can now. So, um, but I used to be able to run a little bit then uh, before I got a little bit too old.
0: What changed? What, what was it that made you convert to a centre back?
1: I think we were short one game as well at Norton. I just played centre half and I had a really good game. Um, and then I just never really, never really moved back. Or I think everyone starts further forward. And then as you get older, you move further back. But um, just a bit more experience. you can see the game they don't need to be as quick or as mobile um, so move further further back from uh, midfield
0: And obviously in the Premier League there's lots of talk about centre-backs in the way that perhaps they're stepping up and different sort of roles have you seen during the time that you've been a defender and during your career have you seen the centre-back role kind of changing and adapting
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. When I first started, I Normally, mean, you you wouldn't dare have the ball off the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper, you kick it as far as you can. You get up the pitch and squeeze up. Um, all you were told when I was 18, 19, 20, was that and you'd kick the thing away. Uh, to be playing out from the back was unheard of back then days. Um, we were playing at League Town and the pitch was awful. Um, you wouldn't have been able to play football on it at all. You just put good balls in good areas and go and play higher up the pitch. We playing to play in World Cup football boots with, rugby studs in them which I don't know what the refs would say to you now it's making me sound like I'm really old but that's what it was like the pitch was horrific there was we played I remember playing Whitby at home and there's still a picture that goes around now and it was like a beach it was just full I think they had three tonne of sand delivered and they put three tonne of sand on it just to try and soak up some of the water and I can remember the kit man can uh, he told us after the game just get in the shower with your kit on because it was that much of a mud bath but those those he wouldn't play on that now, you would be called off before the ref even got there. So, playing out from the back and stuff, them days, certainly not. But, like you said, I think it's if you look down the spectrum a little bit I and mean look lower down, all the kids that are playing on 4G pitches and training on 4G pitches that allows you to play out, you haven't got to worry about the ball or the mud or anything bobbling. So, it's, it's trying to get kids to play in the right way, and I know. I Leak Town got some funding and had theirs done um, and now I was involved a little bit of that because you try and get some money through uh, the school schemes and try and get delivering, there's no 4G pitch and leak um, so there's some money available and grants available that they could access for that um, and it does definitely help uh, football uh, but I just think it takes some of the, the fun away from it to be honest and roll up your sleeves and get knee deep and mud and filthy. I see it at schools now where kids are, oh, mud. Like, yeah. Can we not go on the four no, no, we haven't got a four G and we're not going higher a four G. Let's play on grass. But yeah, the role of a centre back's definitely changed. Like with take Man City for instance, John Stones is the one, in he, he steps in and plays that old in the field role. Um you go to a bit of a three at the back and split. I think you've got to be real comfortable on the ball and also your team's got to be able to Really retain possession of the ball. Um, I think we we can take the first game of the season away. We were playing out through the back and we didn't retain possession of the ball. And when you're playing that way as a back four, you split and so now it's so wide. Um, it allows big gaps and pockets for players to pick you pick you off. Um, I think if you don't retain possession of the ball really well, you can definitely uh get done very quickly by teams, um, by being cheap in possession um, and giving the ball away. I think you've really got to look after that ball if you're playing that way, uh, especially when you split, like I say, when your back four aren't as narrow and compact as you perhaps would have been 10 years ago.
0: Really, really interesting. So you've been a forward midfielder, defender. You may have guessed where this is going. Any chance of you being a goalkeeper? Have been asking Dave Parton for any tips on being wow. a goalkeeper at all?
1: No chance. and no, I can kick it quite far, but that's about it. I said, uh, I think it was, we played fired last year and Dave was injured and I think all he went in and I think I was the next one and I just thought, if Cross isn't come coming, I will just head him away because I don't fancy my chances of trying to come out and catch everything, I'll be honest with you.
0: So if you could go back to the start of your career, back to your youth career, what position would you choose to play? Would it be centre-back?
1: I'd have been centre-back earlier on, just so you learnt learn the game. I felt like coming from my teens to my early 20s, you still, I was still learning. Whether it be a new position, I was still learning to trade a little bit. Whereas if I'd have started perhaps three or four years beforehand, it just gives you that experience, that now of the game, to allow you to get in them positions or what not positions to go in or when to step in or when not to step in. Yeah, definitely, I think I'd have, I'd have settled there. But when you're a young lad, you like running around and chasing after people and kicking people.
0: Even though you do now play in, in defence, that's not stopped you at all pitching in with quite a few goals as well. You went to double figures last season. Is getting on the, the the score sheet and getting forward, is that something that you kind of still enjoy?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I was disappointed, to be honest with you, at the end of last season. I, um, I, I did my knee in January. Um, I think I was out for four months nearly. I, I said to Dutton, I want 20. I think personally, offset set pieces and stuff, I should be getting best part of 15-20 goals a season, not being disrespectful at the level of, of football that we're playing at and the set-piece quality that we've got and how organised we are off set-pieces. I do feel I should be 15-20 goals, to be honest with you, um, and obviously take penalties. So that is something that I was a bit disappointed about. I know I was injured and stuff, but the amount of chances we get off set-pieces, I was disappointed uh, in myself at times, um, but definitely feel like I should be chipping in with a few more, to be honest.
0: As a defender, what's more satisfying, keeping a clean sheet or scoring a goal?
1: Definitely keeping a clean sheet, 100%. I don't don't believe in it. The, uh, we've lost 2-1, but I've scored. No chance. We used to have, I've had that a few times at clubs I've been at where lads have been like, no, that's not for me. Let's keep the clean sheet and let the forward score. But if we can keep a clean sheet and then nick one and win 1-0, that's very nice. Uh, you feel a bit more uh, positive about the game that you've just played in, definitely, but definitely keep a clean sheet.
0: Have you always taken penalties? Because usually it's perhaps a striker or perhaps a midfielder that would take a penalty. So have you always taken penalties throughout your career? Or, and how did it kind of first come about?
1: We used to have a lad like, at Norton called Tom Fogg. Uh, he, he started taking him, he got injured. And then he was a left footer. And I think we had just had a, tr- a training penalty shootout. I won that. So I had to come for Norton. And then we went leak. And as one of the older forwards retired, I just dropped on in one game. And then I just carried him i have always taken him ever since, to be honest with you.
0: Obviously, we don't want to go into any detail about your technique or anything because you have got a very, very good record and we don't want to give anything away to the opposition. But you always look so calm. You just seem to stroll up and usually the ball hits the back of the net. What do you think makes a good penalty taker?
1: You've just got to make your mind up where you're going. I think no matter where you go, if you strike it right, it's going to go in. Now, I think I'm I feel most always one of the calmest players on the pitch, to be honest with you. I remember playing last year, we played the year before, Mac at Crew. And what that center asks is like, you game like look up for this game, like what chill out like it's a game of football, just enjoy it. I always say to the lads, enjoy yourselves, like just chill out. I think sometimes when you're a bit of a it can go pear-shaped. Um but penalties, yeah, I think you're twelve yards out, to be honest with you. The keeper shouldn't uh, watch this now. I won't score again this season now. Uh, the keeper shouldn't really have a chance, to be honest with you. Pick your way and don't change your mind.
0: And you do have a good penalty record from the penalty spot. Though in the first game, sorry to bring this up, but you did have a penalty, yeah. penalty saved against Lichfield City. But then only a few days later, you scored another one against Uttoxeter Town. From a mindset perspective, do you just have to forget about kind of any penalty misses or saves beforehand? And actually, did, did it quite help getting kind of able to, to to step up just a few days after?
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I can remember missing one for Leek. I missed my first one for Leek. Not the first one, too, the first one I missed. And then we had another one that game in the gaffers, it's take it. And I took it and scored. And then last year, we were at home and we I can't remember who we played. I slipped on the way up. Pitch wasn't great and I missed. I, I think I hit the post. And we won another one game again, and I took it and scored again. And I think sometimes I always say the rule of two if you miss two in a row, you should be off them. Because uh, when I first came to the club, Popey was on him and he missed two in a row. Uh, and I, we always said, if you miss two in a row, you should be off them, really. Um, but obviously, the, top, uh, the first game of the season, uh, Pete Williams even said, I had a bit of a run in with one of their lads, and I was arguing with him for five minutes before the penalty. Um, and my head wasn't on the penalty. So uh, I missed that. It was a, a Torrey strike. But that was on 4G again, that that horrible stuff, which is really dry. Um, And then obviously we won one against Utoxted the other night and I fancied myself straight away, to be honest with you.
0: You scored penalties and penalty shootouts in both the Macron Cup final and the Cheshire Senior Cup final. Just take us back to those moments because they are big pressure moments. And when you walk into the spot and then putting the ball down, what's going through your mind?
1: Well, the first one was against, uh, we did it against Alti and uh, I'd been injured with my knee, and I think it was my first game back, and he just just about blow up for full time to go to pens, and he put me on to go and take a pen, and my feet were frozen. I can remember the night, and I was thinking to myself, I don't even want to take one of you, with the honest with you, I haven't kicked a ball. Um, I just definitely remain focused, um, go through what you're going to do. Uh, I always do the same run-up, same steps back. I stand on the same part of uh, the box every time and I just focus on the ball. Don't even really look at the keeper. Focus on the ball, blank everything out and just carry on my routine. Like I said, I don't want to say too much about what, what I do like, but I just carry on my routine through my head and try and blank everything out.
0: And then how big of a relief is it in those penalty shootouts when you see see the ball hit the back of the net?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a re- re- relief, like you say, especially in a shootout. It's a bit of a walk-up on your own, isn't it? And you've got your teammates stood behind you, waiting And you say, if It's one that's going to win it for you. Um, there's a lot of pressure on it, and them ones are normally the ones that I miss. Uh, but I normally try and get first, to be honest, try and put us in a, a bit of a lead uh, if we can. not I've always backed Dave to at least have one. I always say you'll have a chance of one or two out of five. Um, he's some penalty saver, Davis. to be fair to him.
0: Do you then get more nervous watching your teammates than perhaps your own penalty?
1: Yeah, definitely, because you've got control of of what's going on. It sounds a bit daft, but you've got control when you're taking your own pen. Um, you haven't got any control uh, any of anyone else's. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, a little bit more easy on the nerves when you're um, involved yourself. Um, I can remember we played at home and won on pens in the FA Vars last year, and I was injured and I wasn't involved, but I was on the bench with Griff and Griff couldn't watch and I was not even involved to take one because I was injured at the time and uh, that is that is seriously nerve-wracking when you've got no control or not even involved that was another level that I, yeah, definitely definitely don't want to, to be there again
0: And it was a brilliant season last season now you've had a few months to look back on it how do you reflect on it?
1: Yeah it was a fantastic season I think it would have been an extremely unbelievable season if we'd have managed to, uh, to get to Wembley uh, and I'll be totally honest with you we all went away for the end of season and we were talking about it over there and stuff and especially some of the younger lads it had mean, unbelievable for those guys there's me, Popey, we're getting on a bit now and Duffs and Bowie and a few others getting on a little bit so it still meant the world to us but for those younger lads it would absolutely set the world on light for them guys and give them that bug to try and get there again throughout the careers because I don't think four or five of us have got long left in us to, to perhaps get there but yeah, fantastic season like I say, I think we sold out three home games, played at Fyldeway, uh on TV, two cup finals, beat Ultingham. Yeah, fantastic season. It's probably one of the, the most rewarding seasons that I've been involved in in non-league. Um, what when, when you think? Played in playoff finals and FA Cup first round qualifying round, uh, first round sort of proper. Pretty pretty impressive a season. Um, so yeah, one of the really pleased with, to be honest with you.
0: One of the games I want to talk about in particular was away at AFC Wolfroonians in the FA bars because you went down injured, I think it's about the 35th minute. You were clearly struggling with it. Richard Duffy got sent off just before half-time and I think he yeah. even said after the game that you really shouldn't have perhaps played the, the second half. But <coughs> just how much pain were you in and was there kind of any doubt in your mind that you weren't going to go back out for that second
1: half? To be honest with you, if Duffy had been sent off, I'd have, I'd have come off. He got sent off. Um, and I think we've only got young lads on the bench. And we always used to say one of us ideally got to play just to try and organise things in front of us. We've been quite a young side, um, so me or him had to play, really. And if we could, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I've always told people, do never go in a block tackle. And I think Duff just stepped over the ball and it will not making it back to Dave. And I got in a block tackle myself and I'd done the, uh, the medial ligament in my knee. Um, so I carried on playing could hardly run. I think we switched up, went to a back three, so I could just stand in the middle and organize and head and kick it away. Half time comes, oh, my God, I was in some pain. And then got through the 90, and then as soon as I stopped, he just literally seized up on me. Went down, dust got me in at Veil, went down had an assessment with the physio there, and he thought I'd completely ruptured my medial ligament in my knee. Um, so I had an MRI scan, and I was a grade two to three, so grade three is complete rupture. Um, grade two is borderline complete rupture so I've got 0.1 of a millimetre left on my medial ligament if it goes to a three after our operation so I was like 0.1 mill away from having operation on my knee so I was out for four months after and still towards the back end of last season when I managed to get fit I still couldn't kick the ball with my right foot at all because um, I could still feel it back in pre-season I just managed to become pain-free
0: Incredible, and actually, your second half performance—you put your body on the line numerous times, not only with the knee, but some huge, crucial blocks as well. Because you're not afraid to put to put your body on the line at all. I imagine we were very relieved when that final whistle went.
1: Yeah, definitely. I can remember we have to give on the radio with Rich Scott. And I got a pint and he says, can you come down here? I looked at the steps and I thought, are you are kidding me now? In the stand, I can't get down there. But no, unbelievably relieved. And like you say, I think it's won. We won 1-0 and back to the door for 70 odd minutes. We just defended and defended and defended. But that was an unbelievable team performance, that. And very rewarding. look back now and think, I wish I'd gone off for how long I was out. But we won the game, which all that mattered.
0: I saw it in an interview that you did when you were at Leak during the Covid lockdowns, and you said that if League Town had got promoted that year when the season got voided, you probably would have retired. I'm sure you yeah. wished Leak had been promoted, but are you glad that you've carried on playing?
1: Yeah, I I'd still to this day wish they'd been promoted. The club deserve it. Um, when you've been somewhere for so long, uh, you, still, you still hold a, a bit in the. In the heart forum to be honest with you, and I still look most Saturdays. Still got a lot of connections at the club. Still with a lot of the players, to be honest with you. That step up into that league above the travelling commitments are another level. I can even when we first I first started in, at that level of football, you you could leave at eight o'clock in the morning on a coach getting the ground, you have a little stop off and stuff and not getting home till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um and with me having a little boy, being out them days when you go work Monday to Friday and your whole day Saturday giving up, I definitely would have considered finishing and getting to the club where they wanted to be, to be honest with you. I'd have felt like I'd done justice if uh, the club definitely deserved it. And they still do deserve it to be honest with you. But the commitment to like you say to ch- change the league and all the commitment of the travelling back then. But I know they've done a lot of regional stuff now where they've recouped the leagues and changed teams and different leagues in different areas of the, the country and stuff. So things have changed now. But back then, like I say, you can go out at 8 in the morning on a coach and not get home until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Tuesday night games, I can remember I've played in some games, spending more away, getting in at half, 2 in the morning, getting up at 6 in the morning, go work. It's, it's, it's pretty brutal. Um, it takes its toll, especially by the, the Thursday, when you've got training Thursday night, as well again. Um, you're out the house a lot um, so for that definitely would but no definitely in, that, in the Northwest Counties League what we were in last year the travelling we know, not have Isle of Man away really uh, Kendall that was a bit of a travel uh, but no definitely glad I've carried on playing 100% um, I think at that level of football with the travelling most games are an hour away maximum really which is fantastic really for, especially for people like myself with young families and stuff it allows you to, uh, to get out and still play and still uh, enjoy it
0: this season obviously brings with a new challenge as the club play in the Midland Football League for the first time. What sort of challenge are the team expecting this year? And actually, two league games in now, a defeat and a win. What's your thoughts on those games in for the rest of the rest of the season?
1: I think it's gonna be a completely different setup. I think a lot of them play different types of football. We all try to play football in this Midlands League from what we've been told, and we played a couple of them last year in some cup games, which gives you a little bit of an about them. And I know we're um, speaking to Deco, who's joined. He won this league with Anley, so he tries and tells you how people play. To be fair, I don't think we can take anything from the first game. So I think uh, we were abysmal. If I'm totally honest with you. We didn't turn up. The 4G pitch. It was dry five or six players, including myself, didn't have great games. But obviously the Tuesday night, we put it right, which was fantastic to have a game so soon after uh, the first league game, which was fantastic to be able to go and get a, a result. But I think it's going to be challenging. I still think we've got areas to improve as a squad and a team, bring a few more players in. I know we've got people on holiday uh, just to try and bolster the squad a little bit. But I think we've got give you to go, haven't we? Um, can't feel sorry for yourselves on not doing anything right yourself. You've got to go and get on with it.
0: Final question. If you could have, any player in world football, as your teammate or kind of a playing alongside, who would you pick?
2: Oh wow, what a
1: question! I'm just gonna go straight from now. I'll go De Bruyne. I think his quality is unbelievable. Big game player, turns up, all ever has a bad game, does things that a lot of people can't do. I think his delivery is fantastic. His assists have spoken for that. Yeah, I'd stick with Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's still got like Messi, Ronaldo, They're at the end of the years, aren't they? And I think he's he's up there with one of, or if not, the best uh, midfielder in the world, to be honest with you.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time, Darren, and all the best for the rest of the season.
1: No problem. Thanks ever so much for your time.
0: Still to come, we will hear from the under-18s manager after their FA Youth Cup match. And we'll also be reflecting on the history-making Lionesses with the Congleton Town Ladies. Kongleton! Kongleton! sadly, it was also a cup exit for the under-18s last week, as they lost 3-2 against Trafford FC, who came from two goals down to knock Congleton out of the FA Youth Cup, in front of a large crowd at the Cleric Stadium. Paul Healer is the under-18s manager. We started slowly,
3: um, and, and then I thought, second half of the first half, we dominated. Got the two goals, and really, really good finishes, both of them. And then, Got a little bit complacent. We've just dwelled on the ball, let them back into the game, scoring the goal um, just before half-time. At 2-0, I think even I thought that probably the game was over at 2-0, and I think that was perhaps the attitude of the lads that going into half-time. What we did say was in the second half, they were going to come out, that goal come at the wrong time for us, and they were going to, going to be fired up. Again, we started a little bit slowly, and perhaps what I, what i have said in, in the changing room to them is um sometimes you have to be a little bit cute and i thought they were today odd times we were kicking the ball away i think the referees not given a couple of decisions that we we felt that we we deserved with cards and ultimately we you know we tried everything and in the last 10 minutes obviously we we really had a go but the keeper stood really strong at the end and he's had a really good game for them today. And
0: the occasion itself, obviously it's a national competition to play here at Congleton. A big crowd, the senior players, first team players were here as well. It's a great occasion and experience for the players even though the result perhaps didn't obviously go the way that we we wanted.
3: Yeah, I think there's a couple that have played on the bench previously in the FA Cup. First time for me as a manager and coming down today, it's really our first competitive game. But yeah, great occasion. Lovely to see the amount of people that were here and members of the first team down watching the game. Um, unfortunately, we just didn't do enough on the night and that, you know, that's football.
0: This is your first season, isn't it, with the under-18s? Yeah. How impressed have you been with with, with the players? Because I think everybody here could see the the, the talent that there is is on the show.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, really. I I left my previous club. I came in here about six or seven weeks ago. Um, Strangely, you know, some of these players that have played tonight have not trained with me, you know. So, um, it's been a real good experience. I'm, I'm sure if the opportunity arises next year, we'll be better equipped. You know, we, we found it difficult with pre-season games. We perhaps lack that togetherness as a team. Um, but, yeah, really great. It's really, not, you know, this is my first competitive game under the lights, um, which is always, always a great occasion. Good crowd Then We just, you know, we've just... Last year, didn't we? You've
0: only been here a few weeks. What are your first impressions? Because have you seen? kind of a real clear pathway, and how good is that to see throughout the probably, entire club?
3: Yeah, it's definitely one of the attractions, and some of the um, some of the younger guys. I mean, don't get me wrong; as he's 18s, and we've bought four or five under 17s into the side with that progression in mind. We, you know, what we've seen is quite a lot playing for Martin and the reserves. Marco, especially, and, and and one or two of the boys um, stepping up to the first team in pre-season, which is which is which is fantastic. The pathway was one of the the things that attracted me to the club, and it's it's really good. That, um, you know, it's 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 a good club, great community spirit around it. Um, I'm still getting to know everybody, but everybody's been really you know nice, really helpful, um, um, and yeah. I, you can't enjoy a defeat, but we move on. Another day, we win the game. But that's how it is, isn't it? That's, that's brilliant.
0: Regardless of the result, I think it shows that the future kind of is bright for Congleton and for these players that we saw here this evening.
3: Yeah, there's four or five of those eighteens who are going to be probably permanent fixtures in the reserve side. One or two are pushing, pushing the first team, and it's great. And you know, my job now is to to bring the the next. Generation through, Um, you know, it's a great club. The pathway is great, and I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it so far, and you know, coming into the side, um, I thought my side was was good at Eccleshall. You know, the the pace at which the guys play at, how they move the ball, is another level again. Um, And you know, it's up to them. You know, it, it's up to them. My job is to get them playing men's football now, senior level. But, yeah, it, 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 it's great. It, you know, it's it, it's been a good night. Um, disappointed with the result. But, you know,
0: we'll move on to the league now. Let's end the podcast with some celebration after England's Lionesses reached the Women's World Cup final for the first time. The Congleton Town ladies have also had much to celebrate this year, after being promoted to the Cheshire Women's Football League Premier Division. So, as you'd expect, spirits were high at their training this week, as they not only continued their preparations for the new season, but they also reflect on another successful tournament for the Lionesses.
4: England had an absolutely brilliant tournament. I think the unfortunate thing was we kind of did the opposite of what we should have done and dropped off in the final I think Colombia and Nigeria were arguably more difficult games than Spain, but in the end they just had the upper hand and had that extra 10%. Like massively proud, especially obviously being in and around women's football for such a long time. I think the progression of women's football and where it is today, and as you said, getting into the final of, of a World Cup on the biggest stage of football is phenomenal for women's football in this country and all around the world. It was a massive achievement, and yeah, heads held high for every single player on that team. A bit like what Sarah said. Like I've watched um, all the games. I thought. Perhaps maybe at the start we were not really playing 100%, I thought we were a little bit rusty and I think that is mainly down to sort of mentality of losing big players through injury which I think probably England have suffered the most, I think we've lost big players like Leo Williamson um, and then obviously Kira Walsh went down in that game and I think it rocked everyone but I think the mentality of our women's team is probably what carried us through as well as our performance we have excellent players and I think we have really good squad depth but kind of building off what Sarah said again I do think we dropped off in the, the Spain game um, and I, I, agree, I agree I think the knockout games were arguably harder games beforehand but it's just one of them things at the end of the day. but the girls should be proud of where they got to it's phenomenal exposure for women's football I think probably in the 10, 15 years I've played football is come on, leaps and bounds. You would never have seen an attendance like that at a women's game 10 years ago, even five years ago. Um, so I think they did really well and it, it's really good for the development of the game.
0: Your season now is only a couple of weeks away. Has watching the World Cup, is that made you now even more excited to get back onto the pitch to, to start your season?
4: Yeah, definitely. I actually think um, the Euros last year um, actually inspired me to come back. i took six years out playing football and um, going to university and stuff like that but I played all my life before that um, and kind of watching them play I really wanted to get back into it it really kind of inspired me to get back into it you know anyone can play at any age um, especially because I've played for so long it's almost like riding a bike but a bit rusty but um, I'm really excited to get started again definitely. Like Katie just said, there's there's players of all ages coming down to Congleton now. We've got two teams this season, which is great to see. And I think we just kickstart off the back of what, like Katie said, has been a, a fantastic Euros winning it and then final of the World Cup. And we'll see what the season brings.
0: We've heard from the players. Now let's get the reaction from ladies manager Steve Wright. Steve, what's your thoughts and reflections on how England did across the tournament?
2: An amazing goal, I think, for ladies football. Um, for any team to get into a World Cup final is incredible, but it's just a shame they didn't come home with a trophy at the end of the day to a 1-0 narrow defeat against Spain, which I think um, everybody thought we would go out and win that game that night, but football could can, can be cruel. A lot of people have started to watch women's football more, more now than ever. Like I said, I've been following ladies football for over 15 years when the likes of Kelly Smith was playing and um, not many people were really interested in it at that time but since then it's come on leaps and bounds and like I say it's getting really, really large.
0: If anybody was watching that, they might think, oh, I want to get back into the maybe back into the sport, play playing locally, or maybe even just want to give it a go. Are Congleton Town ladies still open to, to places? Because I know you've got a new reserves team. Can people still get involved, and if so, how?
2: It's open to anybody who wants to come back into the game. We've had ladies coming back in, as you know, the previous season through having children, I obviously want to get out there and get fit and start playing football again. Um, we've also got another girl who you'll be later interviewing um, in September about her mighty comeback from playing football. But um, I'm sure if everybody listens into your podcast, then uh, they'll find out more about that.
0: We will have a preview podcast to the Congleton Town ladies' season during the first week of September but you can stay up to date by following the team's social media. It's a bank holiday double header for the men's first team this weekend. They travel to Stourport Swifts on Saturday the 26th of August before they're on the road again on Bank Holiday Monday as they face Darleston Town. Thank you for the support and for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast.
3: Stourman!